Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we try to go see someone live and then talk about them. This week we're talking about Of Montreal. This is Caleb Brown speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. It's Tyler. I'm John. Thanks for being here, John. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you here, as always, and we would have been happy to have you this Friday. So... I'd like to go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, we had planned on doing Of Montreal as a band that we were going to go see live, and then we'd be able to talk about Of Montreal and the live experience, along with their 16 albums, um, which is a lot, but, you know, you do what you do. Uh, and unfortunately, the coronavirus situation led to the cancellation, perhaps postponement, but as of right now, cancellation of said concert. So we're bringing the same level of information that we would bring to any other episode, and no live edition, but John was going to come with us to see that concert, and uh, we did not see that concert. So now that information is done. So how did everybody feel about listening to Montreal? It was interesting. It was I've listened to them some, very little though previously, more so than I thought, but uh, it was interesting. I like the early stuff. I like the Beatles-inspired music a decent amount. The dance rock stuff is all right, but he is a very weird man. Kevin Barnes? Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's super a different. Weird. He's a different. I love him. That's my thought. He's a different. It's opening thought. Opening. Well, this is, uh, it, it was my pick to do this band. Right. So it is a no surprise that, that I just loved it. All of it? Uh, pretty much. It, there, there are some that don't vibe with me as much, but. I you would have to, it. You would have to think that after 16 albums, there'd have to be at least some albums that just don't land as well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tyler? For the most part, I liked what we listened to. Mm. I've listened to Of Montreal before. I own a couple albums, and I like... For me, it's a... I think that this is probably an artist that has a lot of room to get really personal about which albums you do and don't like. Yeah. So I don't I'd like some and I don't like others and I'm willing to bet that you all like and don't like different ones and I like and don't like and things of that nature. So I would definitely think so, yes. I think I probably like cuz I I listened before you uh ed- did some edits to the playlist. I had already listened to some of the albums that you had removed. And I own an album that you only had one song off of, for instance. Uh I would guess that's probably uh the album that's after um the album that's after Hissing Fun, Are You the Destroyer, and therefore it was Satanic Panic in the Attic? No. No? Or is it Sunlandic Twins? No. Really? Which one Skeletal was it? Skeletal Lamping. Yep. No. Oh, that. Oh. It's Aretta Gloom is the one that I own. Well, I own Hissing Fauna, but the song that I, the one that I own that you only had one song of was Aretta Gloom, which was the, uh, what was that, 2015? Is when that was? After Lousy with Syl- Sylvian Breyer. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I found that I probably liked 60 to 70, 50 to 60 to 70% of what we listened to. And the rest of it wasn't, I didn't necessarily dislike it, but it just didn't necessarily do it for me either. What's interesting about that is, is given that there's 16 albums, liking 50 to 60 to 70% is actually a pretty good amount, right. if you think about it, because that's like 8 to 10 albums, really. Yeah, which when is I was, a good amount. Well, of when I that. was thinking about it, I go, 
like I thought about it today and I go, I like this album and this album, and this album. So I think I really probably like the ones that I own plus maybe a couple. And then I thought, I go, you know, well, I like this one too. And I like that one too. And I like that one too. So really, yeah, I like like, you know, seven or eight plus albums. Yeah. But I know Jared, Jared kind of mentioned like an era of, of Montreal that he really, in- actually, before we get to that, John, how did you feel about Montreal? Please. I liked about half of it. Half of it I didn't. Okay. Um, I like that you can kind of put it on and just do what you're doing. The, you know, it doesn't really command your attention. I think that it can, but definitely for the most part doesn't yeah. have to. I think a lot of times they kind of mean it to be fun, and it is fun music. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly like when he sings falsetto. Like, it just kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Okay. I don't like the observational lyrics. Like, I felt like I was listening to, you know, Nice Interesting Song Man, whatever the guy's called on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm wearing pants and I'm putting my shit like, I was like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, that's, but I get for the, that. I liked the good majority. Like, I'd say at least half of it I liked. Okay. So, yeah. So, I would say, I would say I probably also enjoyed around the realm of maybe half of it. And I think that f- I would take a guess, and I could be wrong, but I want to see most of you guys, including myself, probably didn't enjoy as much of the later stuff. The, like, 2010s to 2019 era of of Montreal would that be kind of where things dip off for you or was it different parts that you didn't enjoy no I think it's pretty I mean I can just name you the albums I like if you want to it's pretty sporadic for me sure go ahead I like Cherry Peel a lot Cherry Peel's very good that's the the debut album from Montreal really good Um, I listened to Bedside Dreams drama drama, sorry Mm -hmm. um, before you took it off okay it's a total dud it's it's quite the dud for me it's Mm -hmm. not good the Gay Parade is okay. That's an album that a lot of of Montreal fans, if you get on Reddit, for instance, I got on Reddit this week and looked at um, some stuff. A lot of Reddit people, you know, pretty really, big on Gay Parade. Yeah, they really like Gay Parade, which I think Gay Parade's. I think it's okay. It's the one that starts to take the Beatles, yes. Beach Boys kind of sound and push it forward. I thought right. it was a pretty interesting album. It's I, a, I, I liked it. I don't I like the it's stories of it and stuff. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's okay for me. So I, I like Cherry Peel. That's probably on my list. Um, then then I don't really... I really Quillacott Asleep in the Poppies? I don't like it really. No? No, I don't like it that much. It, it's, okay. it was kind of... In fact, I liked it less than... I liked it less than I liked the Gay Parade. Okay. Uh, and the Gay Parade was just... It was really just okay for me. I don't know what it was. I know that that's an album that people tend to like that, and that really fits into that early era type stuff, but I'm really not big on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Satanic Panic in the Attic a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Hissing Fauna, You're the Destroyer, of course, is really good. I like Skeletal Lamping, too. You didn't have much on there from that. No. But it's pretty good. False Priest is okay. Um, but then Paralytic Stalks, for some reason, really worked for me. I really like Paralytic Stalks. That's the one that has a little bit more electronic, ambient kind of sounds yeah. to it. Yeah, but it doesn't get into like current electronic stuff it's not yeah. like the current stuff i also really like lousy with the sylvian briar and then of course i like the red glue and the last one that really i thought was pretty good was innocence reaches mm. which innocence reaches kind of if you if you're familiar with of montreal and you've listened to for instance the most recent release year fun or the 2018 release you know what is relic those albums are a lot more electronic mm-hmm. and i for instance, what is White as Relic is just like did not do it for me almost really at all. I feel the same way about that. But Innocence Reaches is like right when that 
idea kind of takes place in his brain, it seems. Yeah. And there's still a lot of guitar in there that makes things interesting. And there's still a lot of like other stuff in there that I found was for the most part pretty good. So yeah. I'm more just like a pick and choose from all different periods. For I me. guess so, yeah. I mean there were definitely, in my opinion, duds that were early on. Like I didn't really love bedside drama. I didn't really love the Aldhis Alboratorium, which I think I took almost all off of yeah, the I playlist. Listened to both of those. That one has a little bit of like a almost a garage rocky sound to it. It's okay. But it just didn't I didn't feel like it landed really for me. Um what I ended up doing is because just to to explain a little bit, and this is a little a little behind the scenes. We have a, a Spotify playlist that has the albums, and I got ahead so that I could kind of be like, uh, you know, this is maybe what's worth listening to. This is maybe what's not worth listening to. I found a pattern in of Montreal's music, and I found that certain albums sound a little bit like the same albums, but there's a lot of shifts in sounds. You have like the early album Cherry Peel that is like kind of like just an acoustic based album. I really enjoy. And then Bedside Drama is kind of similar to it. And then Gay Parade is, you know, it's starting to shift more into that Beach Boys, Beatles sound like I talked about. And then two years later, you have a bigger sound on the um, Asleep in the Poppies album. I'm going to skip that first word because I know that I'm going to mispronounce it. So a bigger shift two years later. And then you have an album in 2002, not that great. And then you have Satanic Panic in the Attic, another big shift two years later. And then Sunlandic Twins is similar to that album. Only a year later makes sense. Two years later, you have another big shift, Hissing Fauna, which is more of his like outlandish, kind of um, really flamboyant sound two years later. Mm-hmm. And then Skeletal Lamping, which I think is good, it sounds a lot like that last one a year later. And then again, two years later, False Priest is another big shift because that one has a little bit more of like a big pop sound. That's the one that has um, Solange Knowles and Janelle Monae on. And then another big shift happens two years later with Paralytic Stocks, where he does the ambient electronic type music. And from there, I think that things kind of start to fall off a little bit more, other than when you get from White Relic to Your Fun, another two-year gap where it's kind of more of like a synth-pop 80s style album i would mm-hmm. i would argue his it most recent ar- album most that came out in january yes. i listened to an interview he did with kyle meredith which i i posted on our facebook about when he interviewed nick mm-hmm. offerman and talked about wilco mm-hmm. actually this this week kyle meredith interviewed him as well and that's what he thought he talked about a little bit on your fun it is it's that's where he was coming from that's the music yeah. that he was really kind of like a i don't know was in his mind yeah when making it which is completely clear yeah in all points so big point of all of that that long spiel is is that i noticed that when he would give himself a little bit more time he would come up with a completely new sound to his music and he would go in that direction so if you have a two-year gap then you see a bigger shift but when you only see a one-year gap those albums are a little bit more similar to each other and so it's it's very crazy to me the amount of output he's had since 97 because, again, 16 albums since that period of time. And really, you almost get a new of Montreal album every year at, at the rate he goes. Usually, it's one to two years. I don't think that there's ever been a three-year gap from what I'm seeing. No. Yeah. And it's, I think at least two or three times he did two in one year. I don't oh, yeah. know if they're like actual studio albums, but one well, EPs or – Yeah. 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 In 04, he had three in a year almost. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah he did. <laughs> Although it was, you know, I guess it was the early four track recordings didn't really count. It was recorded in that year, but the yeah. Dustin Hoffman songs. 
Yeah, you like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> the titles are so funny. It, it cracks me up. Um, he, he is quite the interesting titler of yeah. music. I also keep saying he, I'd like to clarify, of Montreal is not necessarily just Kevin Barnes, but he is kind of the musical mastermind behind yeah. everything. So I feel like when I talk about of Montreal, I say he a lot more than I should because there are other members. They're just not really consistent members like right. Barnes is. They've had 21 members total in the span of the band, and he's the only one that's been constant. Yeah. Did anybody else notice like kind of a pattern in the way that they like music? Yeah. I would, When you were talking about the shifts, uh, they bring in synth at some point, and then they do like a lot of synth from like there on. Yeah. I really liked Cherry Peel like you guys, and then... Nothing did anything for me until like Old Hills Arboretum in 2002. So there was like a four or five year span where I'm just like, I'm not really feeling it. And then I picked back up and liked a lot of it from then on. Gotcha. So you you weren't really big on the, I guess, the Beatles inspired type. It was okay. 60 but like, psychedelic sound. I mean, in 1999, he did the Gay Parade and the Bird Who Continues to Eat the Rapids Flower. I don't know if that's considered an EP, but there was a ton of songs on it. I think that that one was like a demo okay. release, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Or maybe it's just a compilation. Let me look really quickly. But anytime I saw like a short span of time where there was a bunch of music put out, it like it just felt rushed. And I'm like, that's when I saw a lot or I heard a lot of observational lyrics. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I feel like there's a few instances where his voice and the lyrics and the music really blend well. Because I think the music throughout is pretty good. Yeah. But I don't think his lyrics and voice always match up well with it. I could see that for sure. I yeah. do think that he often found finds good sounds in his genre selection. They. They, thank you. I think they find good genre selections with their sound, and I think that they land in places that Barnes can kind of fit with, but I agree that sometimes things are a little mismatched. Yeah. And it it was an EP, not a, was not an a proper EP. album. So, You know what they did mm. on the uh, record? If he is protecting our nation, then who will predict big oil? Our children? They did a cover of the zombies, friends of mine. Did they really? Yes, they did. Huh. Exciting stuff right there. That is. I mean, and that makes total sense with how much of a 60s psych influence they had. Yeah, those er that era is, uh, it just reminds me of the Beatles to the extreme. I think that's part of what I find can be kind of difficult about it because, for instance... The opener to Asleep in the Poppies, uh-huh. Good Morning Mr. Edmonton, is a clear Beatles tune. Oh, for sure. But what they what he, what he they do that's really like over the top is they take the shiftiness within song of a Beatles. You know how a Beatles song can kind of shift all of a sudden? Yeah. And then they like multiply it by four or five times over the course of a song. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes come back to something that show you that like this was a main thought. Yeah. But not all the time. Yeah. And it's like all of their, it's just really weird. It's like all the ideas of a Beatles song to the extreme. I want to give uh, Jared some credit. You tied in the Zombies, a good band, bad band alum, into both podcasts. I know. Tonight. I'm pretty that's, good. That's impressive. I'm pretty good. That is pretty I've been doing this a while. I know what's going on. <laughs> that's Here, true. I'm going have... to give you a handshake. Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody give me some hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'm done with handshakes. Yeah, we're yeah. Done. Hands are way too dirty. I'm just gonna start doing face touches. That's way more sanitary, and I think <laughs> it's gonna it. be really. I'm gonna start doing hand licks. If I'm going for the germs, yeah. I might as well just get them all in. I just think a tongue touches. It. it I like it blends the appropriate amount of intimacy. Oh my. With the appropriate amount of potentially. Cleanliness. What about Eskimo kisses? Noses Ooh. are clean. Those are fun. You pick them, but 
but uh, they're like friends. It's true. What does that say? Yeah, you can, you pick, can pick your friends, and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friends. True. Well, right. Which I never understood, because you could definitely do that. You could. Especially I've never ask. done it, but I like the song titles. They're very strange. They're very interesting. Often interesting. On that same record, if he is protecting our nation, then who will protect big oil? Our children? There's a song called Inside a Room Full of Treasures. A black pygmy horse's head pops up like a periscope. Yeah, how do you huh. like that? <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> I don't know how to say most of the names. Yeah, he's I know. Got quite, I don't... quite lengthy and interesting. Jared, did you? You would have loved all of the Dustin Hoffman names. Then what is that from? I don't even know what this is. It's I can't a, find uh, it. It's, it's from the early four track recordings. It's mm-hmm. a compilation of his where all of the songs are Dustin. Here's one. Dustin Hoffman feigns ignorance of missing bathtub. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman becomes indignant and wets himself. <laughs> What's it called? Horses and Elephants Eatery? No, no. it's called the early four-track recordings. Oh, okay. 2001. Dustin Hoffman's wife makes a sarcastic remark, cuts the head off a duck, places it where the tub was, was and begins to groan. Parentheses growl. I also, I think one of my favorite ones from the gay parade is a man's life flashing before his eyes while he and his wife drive off a cliff into the ocean. Yeah, isn't it wild? It's like a fastball song. (laughs) (laughs) Advice from a divorced gentleman to his bachelor friend considering marriage. I'm sure that one has some interesting information titled throughout. It's weird because his titles, as as time has gone on, the titles have shrunk but have maintained the same type of like... Whimsy? Idea. Yeah. Yeah. One of them on, uh, let me find it, I believe it was on Innocence Reaches, is called A Sport and a Pastime. Oh, my. This is very apropos for the current time we're in. Dustin Hoffman scrubs too hard and loses soap. I love that one. I saw <laughs> that one. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I love Make sure this. he does it at least 20 seconds. Right. Happy birthday three times. Is it, I thought it was twice. Is it twice? I thought it was three times. I don't know. How long does it take you to sing it? How It depends on how quickly Timing. I want to sing it. Go. No. Happy birthday. Don't you do it. Day. Not here. Not he also here. thought he also thought about uh eating the soap in this song. Dustin Hosman thinks about eating the soap. Did he say a swear <laughs> word? I don't know. He uh, must have well he thought about it himself. Is is it some type of a self cleaning of his vocabulary? So speaking of all this whimsy, I actually think I finally landed on my favorite of Montreal song. Good. Ooh, go ahead. And I struggled with this for a long time, but it's off of Cherry Peel. Just about a week. Oh, man. It was the first album, and I kept listening to music, and I enjoyed certain tracks. There were definitely songs. I- I'll say a couple just very, very quickly. I know that I enjoyed from Hissing Fauna, Grandlandic Edit. I also like from Skeletal Lamping for our elegant cast. But nothing ever topped the song Tim Wish You Were Born a Girl from Cherry Peel. Nothing ever topped it from Cherry Peel. I, just, I don't know. Something... Something about that song is just silly and beautiful, and it was like the first song I ever heard from of Montreal, like as a kid, and I didn't know it was of Montreal, and so Cherry Peel started, and I was like, you know, the the vocals and the like the way this is sung kind of reminds me of Tim. Wish I wish you were born a girl, and then that song started playing, and I was like, this is of Montreal, because I would have <laughs> never thought that because it's so acoustic, sure, based and not as you know flamboyant and silly and electronic and so on and so forth so i'd have never thought that it would have been of montreal song but i love it so here's that song you were born a girl wish you were born a girl so i could have been your boyfriend i know it's not possible now i just never met a girl i like have as much as you and we could lay around in bed 
such a sincere and beautiful song, and it's so silly, and I love it. It's good. If you if you t- brought someone in that didn't know of Montreal or the Mountain Goats, and you played two that song, and then played a Mountain Goats song, yeah, you can maybe convince them as the same band. I think you probably could. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. I agree. So that's my favorite song. That's, that's a good song. That's that's right. I, I think uh, "Don't Ask Me to Explain" is my favorite off of that album. That one's a good one that as well. Good. Yeah. That's a good album. Honestly, Cherry Peel was one of my favorite albums. It was one of my. I mean, I mentioned already. It's one of my favorites as well. It's very good. Does anybody want to say what their like, per, like their, their number one favorite album was? I think mine is Skeletal Lamping because that was the first one. Yeah. that I heard from them. That's, my, that's mine too. Is it? Yeah, Jared. I probably liked the Gay Parade the most. It was the most interesting. I wasn't expecting it. You know, like the first album was more. Um, like acoustic based and he wasn't as flamboyant, I suppose. And then right. once you get obviously to the gay parade, oh, what more, what more can you do? Really? What more can you do? But I, I was, I don't know. It followed, it followed a good story. Is what is that song? The song about uh, getting like sucked into the black hole or whatever or with a story song. Is that on the gay parade or is that on the next album? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a long thing. It might not just be one song. I, I don't know. I was just kind of listening. I don't know what's going on. Wow. What's the, you know sure. what I'm talking about, where it's like a story and the, the kids get eaten by the bats? I believe that was Asleep in the Poppies, because they okay. talk about all of the, he's oh talked gosh. about all the, the different elements that come in, into that story. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that album has a, a massive play line, uh, it, it play time, it's about an hour and nine minutes, and that's almost solely because of the song The Hopeless Opus or The Great Battle of the Unfriendly Ridiculous, which is an 18-minute long song. <laughs> Hefty. Hefty. Did, did anybody listen to that whole 18-minute long song, or did everybody skip it? It's, well, it's On what? On uh, Asleep in the Poppies. Yeah, I listened to it. Did you listen to the 18-minute oh, yeah. long song? Okay, I didn't know if maybe you would have like glossed over no, it. I listened to the whole album. I will tell a very brief. <laughs> I will pl- tell a very very brief. Story. He just assumes we don't even listen to anything. Clear up No, I, I figured that you would because I took it off and I was like, no one is going to want to listen to an 18-minute long. I song. I had already listened to the album by that point. That makes sense. So I'll tell a very brief story. This week on Monday, there was an accident on the interstate where a truck, like a, a six, a, a, the truck drove. Through a semi tractor trailer, semi a semi truck drove through the barricade and into a bunch of trees, and all of traffic came to a standstill. And I sat in traffic this that morning on Monday for two hours wow. on my way to work. So I got through on Monday four hours of Montreal's music in one day because I had plenty of time in the morning to be listening to the music. So I could just like sit there and really focus. So I got a lot of like attention dedicated to those like early albums and that song is like this weird it's like piano driven for like what would you say like 10 minutes oh yeah if not more like it's just like a piano opus for a really long time and then eventually it kind of gets to what is a semblance of a song but it's just so weird it's such an odd closer to that album yeah it just does its thing because i thought is this what is is this over what's you know, and you're looking around like, what is it? And they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll just keep on with it then, I suppose, for 12 more minutes. <laughs> we got some more time to go here, I guess. So, but it was okay. I, that Everything was okay on that album. That was decent. Gay Parade was decent, too. I liked, uh, I liked My Favorite Boxer. That was a fun song. That was my favorite song on the Gay Parade. Album. Yeah, that, that was, was really good. It was. It was fun. So, I, But I think probably my favorite album is Satanic Panic in the Attic. 
That's a good one too. That's, That's probably my favorite. Mine is the traditional choice, the one that most most of of Montreal's listeners usually enjoy, and that's Hissing Fauna. Yeah, also very good. It, I think that album sold it for me on flow alone, where like every song just perfectly weaves into the next one. It's almost as if it is one song, but it is a massive, well constructed idea, and I really enjoy that about that album. I made a note of that album, and I wrote fun album. This seems like the first time they perfectly blend synth with their style of music and like the vocals. Like, just felt like it all came together like, so perfectly. Right. That's probably the, the most acclaimed. And if you ask yeah. Reddit once again, that's what everyone likes most. Actually, I looked up right. a couple of different lists because I'm like, this would be kind of interesting to see what people think. Yeah. Because, you know, so I looked up a bunch of different rankings from Stereo Gum and a couple of places kind of like that. And then I went on Reddit and looked up there. And that's pretty much everyone's top. And then from there down, it's just like anything goes, man. Mm -hmm. It could be, things could be wherever. There are some that are at the clear bottom. Mm -hmm. False Priest typically lands pretty low. I didn't hate False Priest. Me either. I thought it was for the most part okay. I remember liking that album at one point even. I really, I mean, I really like the features on False Priest. The Janelle Monet and Solange Knoll songs are pretty spectacular pop songs, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm not sure. It just kind of falls in a weird spot, I guess, for some people, especially coming out because skeletal lamping was still really good, right? And maybe that maybe it was a shift people were not as interested in. I'm particularly sure that, fans, I suppose. I was to say, I'm sure that fans in particular of of Montreal would not have been necessarily thrilled with the idea of them pairing with like pop artists, right? But. So, well, which kind of begs the question of like, how? Where? What is? Like what is of Montreal? It's it's indie pop, really. Right. And there's a I think pop is the one thing that remains constant across the entire discography. Baroque pop, yeah. indie pop, traditional pop, uh, like psychedelic pop. It's always some form of pop music. I agree. Yeah. So I don't have respect for them. They've tried so many different things. Truly, a, and they've had success array. with doing. You know what I mean? Like Cherry Peel is good, and it's completely different than what they're doing now. And they've had. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, it's totally different. It. it I think this is one of those artists where if you pick up the first album of their discography and then the last album of their discography, you wouldn't. There, there'd be almost no resemblance between. The oh two things. no! Well, even so, it's not even really that there's. There's not even resemblance in the shifts all no. the time either. No, there's not. So it's not even like you can say, you know, I picked up Cherry Peel and then I went and listened to Asleep in the Poppies and I thought, I was like, oh yeah, this is the same person. Because even that doesn't sound the same. It really. does not. Yeah. Like I said, I think that like every two years, when there's a two year gap, then there's a really big idea that comes out of it. And I think that when they take that time, there's something that's really interesting that comes out of it. So I... But there's there are so many shifts that it's hard to talk about all of the shifts in such a short period of time. So I, I will say I thought that I would enjoy of Montreal, but I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most about of Montreal is the idea of there being such a huge shift in sound so frequently. So it was like one of those things where I was listening to 14 hours of music and I was listening to 16 albums, but it was so different so often that it was hard to get bored. Yeah. It's just it's fair. Yeah, I think the worst. I think if anyone who, who is going to listen to all of it, the worst thing you're going to have to deal with is whether you just like what you're listening to at the moment or not. Yeah. And if you just don't like it, it's going to suck for an album or two for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you're going to find something and maybe it'll be better. Which is really, I mean, that's kind of how I felt about some of it. So right. 
What do you think about uh, Georgie Fruit? Georgie Fruit? Are you familiar with Georgie Fruit? Nobody? I don't think so. Georgie Fruit is the uh, African-American cross-dressing cross stage perform uh, oh, persona that's right. of uh, Kevin Barnes during really? the time of skeletal lamping and even into Kissing Fauna. Hissing. Hissing, thank you. During the song Labyrinth Pomp, he's brought up, and he's talked about. Uh, so it, it, that's very strange. Time it out. is very strange. That's his flamboyant side of it. You said African American. Did he go blackface? I don't understand. No, no, he did then not. How go, does it how say? Do you... Why does it say African American? It's a character that he's portraying so musically, how... musically, sonically. Very strange. Okay. I'm not going to yeah. ask you any more questions. That's probably, strange. probably wise, John. We're, yeah. getting, we're bordering <laughs> that area where you don't really want to get into. Here, I think that I almost said something myself, sarcastic. He's, he's decided that. his name's Georgie Fruit. This is what Kevin Barnes said. Mm -hmm. He's in his late 40s, a black man who has been through multiple sex changes. He's been a man and a woman, and then back to the man. He's been to prison a couple times in the 1970s. He was in a band called Arousal. A funk rock band, uh, sort of the uh, Ohio Players. Then he went through different phases. That's that's the character he created. You think that's some odd stuff for his stage performance? I, I wonder if he would have showed up if we had gone to that show. That's a great. Ooh, question. That is fruit would might have been there too. Do you think that he, the fact that he's like the man has a lot of creativity? Mm -hmm. Do you think that and in the name of art is what gets him? to be able to get away with some of this stuff. I think so, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Was, like, you know, you can't really call... Well, the fact that you have an album called The Gay Parade and you have a song about The Gay Parade is like... Yeah. Second album, too. Right? Yeah. Like, it's diff <laughs> it was a different time. I will say this as well, really quickly, uh, to transition to someone else's favorite track. I would ration that Dax's song will exemplify this flamboyant character very well. Dax is your favorite song, in fact, for our elegant cast. Sure, is it not? It was not going to be. Then please, what is it? Uh, it's same album. Oh, it's gonna be mine. You're totally gonna pick mine. Oh, maybe. Are you Alertian instance? Yeah, <laughs> but it's pronounced an Eliardian instance. Eliardian. It's a, it's a uh, French poet named Paul Eliard. Oh, oh, thank you. Wow. What, what a cultured contribution to this show. By cultured, if you mean, you know, looked it up five minutes before that's I got fine. here. And yeah, that's <laughs> culture. That's cultured. Contribution. Look, the point is, you looked it up and we didn't. So that is. So fist, fist bump. One. Favorite it? song. It his shared. favorite song. It is so good. That's really good. Searching for some first time high I know it's all about perceptions Then I accept you as my very first move That trumpet sounds so good mm -hmm. They should have used more trumpet in songs I mean, they they use just about everything in their songs yeah. So, Well, you know what? Since but I do love a good horn John's favorite song My favorite song will be for our elegant cast Good well, deal That's also a great song Nice choice that was my first song from them. If you want, but you should know I take it both ways. We can do it softcore if you want, but you should know that I go both ways. We can do it softcore if you want, but you should know I take it both ways. 
Georgie. There Georgie, he is. Georgie, there he is. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I told you. Georgie out there killing it. We should probably mention how much funk is in all of this. A lot of funk. Because it's pretty prominent across the whole spectrum, too, really. The bass and the... And the, the you know the way he sings even sometimes mm. is repre- you know can I play a song that represents that well sure go is for is the it. one I mentioned from his Symphonic Grandlandic edit has oh, a yeah. huge yes. a huge groovy funk bass line yeah go for it I am satisfied hiding in our friend's apartment only leaving once a day to buy some groceries. Super funky. Is that about the yeah. coronavirus? I think so. Sure, yeah. Only exciting. leaving your house to go buy groceries? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about. He was a man of his time. Well, that's probably... Okay, we can do... Jared's got a thing. On a skeletal lamping, on a bonus track uh, from the poly vinyl digital bonus EP that he did a they did a cover of MIA what song, song Jimmy hmm. huh interesting not paper planes I wish that would have been cooler I was but, waiting for it to yeah. do paper planes yeah. <laughs> right can we play that video again really fast with <laughs> the musket yeah let's get in the over and over again you asked for it. Uh, the the lyrics on that song from his symphony. I guess it's a. I feel a potentially appropriate time to bring up his mental health, if you will. Yeah. Because the man suffers from some mental disorders uh, that a lot of people do: anxiety, depression, what have you. And he mm-hmm. suffers from derealization as well, which is something that um, is an interesting disorder type situation where you know you feel like complete detachment from reality. Yeah. You know, so it's just like everything you're in your you live in your own existence and everything around you is like nothingness. Well, he often has very confessional lyrics right. in his music. And uh, Kissing Fawn is a great example of that, which is why it's great that you bring that up when you do. That album has a lot of very confessional based, very like appropriate to that experience kind of sounds to it. So, yeah, very true. It'd be I mean. And I wonder if people have, because a lot of times people will praise artists for that type of, yeah, you know, putting themselves out in their art in that way. But I wonder if the type of music and like the weirdness has caused people to stray away from it enough to where, you know, people don't always recognize. Because he's been, I think he's been singing about that, that in weird ways mm-hmm. for pretty much the entirety of his career. Right. So... I don't know. It, it it plays a role, a pretty prominent role, I think, in all of it. Tyler, have you said what your favorite song is yet? I haven't. My favorite song, I'm going to choose uh, from Satanic Panic in the Attic, of course, the opener, Disconnect the Dots. That's a really, really good song. Much 
more of like a psych rock sound to that one. There is to that one, which I think, to me, I'm kind of interested in my own self-exploration as to why I really enjoyed that album and that song so much. Mm-hmm. And I can't get as much behind your uh, Tame Impala boy and his, his more recent stuff. <laughs> because it's I, there's a lot of parallels there. I would say so. In sound. And this does it for me. Yeah. And that doesn't. They're both named Kevin. It's true. They are both named Kevin. <laughs> hey, Kevin's Rejoice. You're being represented on this show. You know my cousin's named Kevin Barnes? You mentioned that to me, yeah. I did. Should have got up on the show. Oh, we should have. We didn't have enough microphones. We're, we're, here, <laughs> we're here talking to Kevin Barnes, not of, of Montreal, but still Kevin Barnes. Of, of Montreal. Of, of Montreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you think uh, of Ur Fun? What do we think about that one? Your Fun. Your Is it you are? It's your. Is it your? Isn't it you are, though? You are fun. That's how it's spelled. Oh, but it's not how it's pronounced. You're it's fun. pronounced. You are fun. Yeah, you're fun. I was thinking like er, like you are texting. Fun. You know, what er are you up to? You know, that's er. Oh, I liked it. it it's you're not, fun. You are one word. You're. It, it's not quite my favorite album from of Montreal, and not quite my favorite album of this year. But I think it's a good additional sound for them to have explored. But. In this instance, I can say him because really it is all Kevin Barnes yeah, this is on this album. Him. So, it, when often it is heavily him, but in this instance, it is yes. heavily him. I'm pretty much in the same boat. I liked it. It's not in my list of favorite albums, but it was good. We'll know at the end of the year, won't we? I liked uh, Caleb said that he really liked the song "Don't Let Me Die in America." I thought it was a pretty good one. That's probably the best yeah. song on the album, really. Yeah, that was I think a great that song. was the best one as well. Probably, yeah, yeah. It stood out more so than any. Well, it's kind of a mix, really. It starts out with kind of like an indie feel to it, with the guitar in there, mm-hmm. and it still it maintains that through the intro, and then it, it just drops out into something else for a little bit. The first song, they're going for like an '80s thing, I could tell, and then obviously with the cover art, like it's definitely '80s, clearly, for yeah. Sure. Clearly, most. I mean, that if you just looked at the cover, you probably wouldn't, and you're unfamiliar with Montreal. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be able to place this in the wrong decade anyway. So, yeah, it's heavily, heavily reminiscent. I and I think what I appreciate on this album was that he explored the sounds of that period, but he didn't explore, he didn't use the songwriting styles of the period or like the you know. Yeah. He wrote of Montreal songs with sounds from that period mm-hmm, right. and they maintain the use of you know drum some of these songs have full drum kits on them some of them have electronic beats on them you know so there's a why it's not all just one type of thing mm-hmm. so i think the variety on it was pretty interesting yeah uh i'm not sure i think it's i think it's worth for me in terms of the later of montreal probably 2015, 2015, 2016 on. It's like a middle-of-the-road record for me from that period, if yeah. you will. I mean, I like Innocence Reaches probably the most. Like I said, at Onor at the Gloom, which I think is decent. But in, when you get into the really heavily synth electronic stuff, yeah. which is this album, really, your yeah. fun, and uh, that previous album from 2018, White is Relic, Aerialist Mood, this thing like blows that out of the water for me because that sure. thing is just really difficult. It, there's not a, I mean, there's not a lot of interesting moments to me from that album. No, it's a, it is, it's like eight songs, forty minutes each song, not each song, but a lot of the songs are stretching over seven, eight minutes of time. It's, it's a bit of a difficult listen. I agree. 
I actually liked that album. Did you? I think I have that on vinyl. Do you? Hmm. Yeah, the, the plateau phase. I enjoyed that song out of there specifically. Huh. But I liked that album as a whole. I, I it was it was okay, but yeah, I, it was a difficult and I uh, didn't find a lot of Definitely not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I to go back real quick, because I don't think at any point have we mentioned this album, but I thought there was something worth talking about. Um and I feel like specifically, Tyler, you'd be the one who would really enjoy Lousy with Sylvian Briar. Sylvian yeah. Breyer. You're definitely Lousy with Syl- Sylvian Breyer. Sylvian Breyer. You hit the nail on the head on that one, but that album was really good. I thought you would like that one. Then when I really listened good. to it, I was thinking like that that would have been one of your favorites from Of Montreal. It definitely is. This is Of Montreal is a group where I've chosen individual albums that I know I wanted to purchase. And I have and I see a lot of different ones like at record stores. I'm like, okay, this one, this one. I saw that one a lot and never bought it. Yeah. And I've never really listened to a whole lot of it until this week. But that thing is great. Like, that's a really good one. It's solid. Yeah. It, it's kind of got... I don't know what to say about it. It's When you go from paralytic stalks to that... Huge shift. Yeah, and it's a, more of a return to indie, the indie version of indie pop, not just yeah. the synth, you know. So it's got a lot... It's got kind of a, a throwback feel in terms of his, yeah. their career. But it really has good songwriting, and I think that... You know the melodies and everything are pretty good on it. So I found it to be really enjoyable. I like John, uh, oh, rain. I like raindrop in my skull. Yeah, yeah. 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 I did not have Kevin Barnes. It was a girl that's singing on that song there. Yeah, pretty good. It's John, pretty rare, by the way, because Barnes sings like ninety nine point nine percent of the songs. John, you mentioned that you enjoyed the album Ald Hills Arbitorium. Or how do you pronounce that I one? I did. Yeah, my favorite album is. Gosh, their album th- names are so crazy, it's hard for me to remember them. Skeletal Lamping, definitely my favorite. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did like Ald Hills Arboretum. Here, i got to scroll up in my list here. I've got all kinds of notes. Where is it at? Yeah, Ald Hills Arboretum. Um, I felt like he moved away from the falsetto. So like, I felt like there was yeah. like a three or four year span where there was like all falsetto. I'm like, I can't handle it. Yeah. And he kind of went, because like Cherry Peel, he's just like his normal singing voice. Mm-hmm. So like, I just felt like it was really enjoyable. Maybe I liked it a lot because it was different than the previous two or three. Sure. And it was like a shift. Yeah. But I did enjoy listening to it. Well, I'm just noticing that I feel like the ones that you have spoke up and been the most interesting in are the ones that seem to be more guitar based. Yeah. For so sure. I think that you, that's kind of the sound of, of Montreal that lands with you a little bit more just, yeah. just kind of like, uh, like observing it through this episode really is that those, those couple albums that are, cause really it is very synth heavy. A lot of times, very electronic bass at other times, very eclectic at other times, but there are very brief moments where it's a little bit more guitar based. And really the three albums that you mentioned are the ones that I feel like exemplify that the most. Yeah. I think that's uh I think that those are the points where he can, like this music can shine too because of the variety that he likes to have or they, however you want to say it. Right. You know, because he's got a lot of the creative stuff in there. So, but the variety is more uh, available if you know, you're going to have some guitar sounds in there. Right. Cause then you can bring in the synth and you can bring in the electronic, which he does regularly. They regularly do that over top of guitar sounds, even on those albums, mm-hmm. you know? So it's got kind of a variety of sound that really allows for, a lot of space. Right. Uh, and that's why, cause I don't just, I'm kind of feel like I'm in a similar boat to an extent for some of this stuff is when you've gotten more guitar sound, it's stuff that I kind of really resonates with me a little bit more as yeah. well. So I, I think that. there's just a lot of room in those, in those albums. Yeah. 
Jared, I think you are the, the final holdout. That is true. Will you play the song? I don't know if this is my favorite. I haven't heard it in sure. a while. Id and Gager. Album. From uh, Skeletal Landing. <laughs> song i like that scream yeah that's yeah, i actually was gonna bring that up to you i forgot to but i thought you would like that a lot of people picking skeletal lamping songs it seems well it looks like the three of them over there have really heavily reminded me of uh, mr jimmy barnes rotate from oh, yeah. uh, big enough by q and j you know that scream yeah oh i like that ah, i think ah. that that song um has made me realize why i like of montreal in a way, I can never like Tame Impala. It's just Tame Impala is not wild enough and weird enough. I can see that. For me. the chances. Yeah. yeah. Because it's it's got all of the background psych pop stuff in the psych pop period. And then it just got crazy weird stuff over top of it that makes it much more interesting for, yeah. for me. You think you like of Montreal more than Tame Impala then? That'd be a, a pretty like... I mean, if I were to have... more to, to choose from. I mean, yeah. I definitely like more albums. I mean... In terms of numbers, right? In terms of per, like percentage, right? Like how many albums do I like of Montreal compared to how many albums do I like of uh, Tame Impala? It's pretty close because I like really? three of the four Tame Impala albums. Yeah, two of them I really like. One of them I like pretty well. Yeah, of Montreal, I like you know I like six, seven, eight of the albums very well, and then a couple of the other ones I can have some things on it that I enjoy. Like yeah. A Parade isn't one that I go out and say I really like, but yeah. I really like my favorite boxer. You know, That's so a good song. I think if I had to say it, if I really probably thought about it and had to say it, I'd probably say that I would. Quite huh. honestly. That's that's quite the take, but I also enjoyed uh Heimsdolgate like a Promethean curse. <laughs> I don't know if that is off of hissing fauna. Yeah. You know that one? Heim, Heimselgate, like a Promethean curse. Yeah, something like that. I've got wolf murder on here somewhere. <laughs> we will commit wolf murder. Did you see that song? I think so, yeah. It's actually really good. You know what song I really liked? Huh? Uh, the theme song to Outback Steakhouse. Oh, here oh, yeah. we are. Yes. Here we are. Please yes. go on. So uh, there, there's a commercial. Uh, look this up, Caleb. Uh, let's go to Outback tonight. Oh, I remember that commercial. They've got a lot of commercial uh, songs. There's like a car one. Like there's a bunch of stuff. Let's go out back tonight. Let go of the day. Go out back tonight. But the steak is thick and juicy. The shrimp is grilled and sweet. The chicken tender. Your only worry is which to choose. Let's go out back tonight. Tonight, let go. Life will still be there tomorrow. Go out back. Which, uh, that is just a riff of Wraith pinned to the mist and other games. Wow. You'd never know it. It's like it was written for. Let's have bizarre celebrations. Let's forget who forget, why forget where. We'll have bizarre celebrations. 
You wouldn't listen to that song and think like Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, man. I <laughs> gotta, gotta go right now. That right? Outback Steakhouse song, I can't tell you how many times when I was a kid I saw that commercial. Mm-hmm. Really? It's, oh my gosh, that yeah. song is like right here in my brain. It'll never go away. That's so funny. When they I dig up my dead it. body, that'll be the only thing left in it when they reanimate my mind. Why didn't they just say, <laughs> let's pretend we're in Australia? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was written for them. It was there. I just want to point to the listener. Everyone in this room was bopping their heads to that song. No, it's Absolutely. A it's a bop like Caleb For would sure. say. That, oh is, that is my favorite song off of the Sunlandic Twins, and it was before I even knew <laughs> about the Outback Steakhouse thing. So it, it's a, it is indeed certified Caleb bop. <laughs> they also have two Christmas songs, My Favorite Christmas in 100 Words or Less, and Christmas Isn't Safe for Animals. Hey, did you count the words? I did not. Oh. oh, there's less than 100 for sure. Oh, then the song you made? No, it's, I mean, there's got to be more than 100 in there. That'd, mm-hmm. be a fun, that'd be a fun game to play, though, at some point. But not mm-hmm. here. That's too much time. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, while you do that, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's see if there's any closing thoughts about of Montreal at this point in time. We've covered a lot of music. We've covered a lot of albums. We've covered a lot of information. I'm pretty bummed that... The- concert got canceled yeah, i'm pretty sure. bummed as well i think that it would have been, been fun to, in, to bring that into the fold there's no way though that that's that i mean if you like pop music and you like indie music and you like you know popular music of today that's not you know of the what we say quote unquote pop styling there's no way that wouldn't be a fun concert to go to for sure regardless yeah the stage presence alone would be worth it right oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and and a group that I followed for a long time, at least uh, about ten years, uh, was opening yeah. for of Montreal. They're yep. called Auto Magic. Mm-hmm. They're a Cincinnati-based band. Yep. And I've known, I saw them open uh, years ago, a long time ago, for the band Foxy Shazam. Yep. They're also making their return. Hopefully, their concert doesn't get canceled. Truly, I'm sure it will. But they've had some music. I've seen them like probably two or three different times, various times. And they were going to open for of Montreal at a sho- uh, sold-out concert, and they are now ruined very sad for them foxy shazam you say i did yeah what a group and go ahead and tell your story you've told it before story oh go ahead (laughs) we know it's coming i've only got two real stories go for it well one time i was in a band in high school and we played a show with foxy shazam it was really cool that's the one i was looking for take a drink everybody (laughs) i was gonna say if you've got a drink please drink what's the other story gulp i forgot already oh good i will know it when someone says something that reminds me it's when you won the talent show Oh no, that was Papa oh that's Roach. my other band story. I, we did win a talent show in high school where we I didn't want to play. And my buddies, like, I've signed us off, and I'm like, you're an idiot. And uh, we won. What's seventeen times four? Seventy dollars. Sixty-eight. Seven. Yeah. So there you go. So we won seventy dollars, uh, and they're like, here you go, split this amongst the four of you. And I'm like, you guys suck because we don't have. How are you going to do quarters? Can't break a quarter out of a dollar. Sixty-eight. Seventeen fifty. And then we said, we'll just buy new cables with it or something. We'll yeah. put it into the band fun. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. And How did the fun go? Pretty I, good. I never saw any of it. Isn't that 68? <laughs> never saw Well, you, you said you won $70. You had to split it four ways, yes. right? So you 17. split it 17. Yeah, it should have been 17. It was 17.50. Yeah. I knew the specific amount I was supposed to receive because I most certainly yeah. didn't receive 17.50 or the value of something worth 17.50. But you'll never forget that experience. No, because people nope. came up to me that I didn't know afterwards. Like, oh, it was pretty cool. I'm like, I don't know you, but thank you. Yeah. And there was a malfunction with a fog machine. 
So no one could see us, which I thought was phenomenal. That probably helped. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. No one could see us. I'm like, good. This is the best this could possibly be. Dak, this was your <laughs> choice. Do you have any closing thoughts about of Montreal in general? Uh, you that, happy? I'm, I'm very happy. They're good. Go listen to them. Listen to Skeletal Lamping. Yeah. Jared? John? I thought it was pretty good. I have one thing to say. Yeah. His brother does the artwork for the albums. That's true. Oh, really? That up. That's cool. It's yeah. some cool artwork, too. It wasn't the guy from Baroness, but it was his brother. It wasn't John <laughs> yeah. Baisley. John Baisley's brother? Or uh, That's a good point. The uh, album artwork is quite a thing, really. It is. Uh, some Started of, on Gay Parade. Well, some of them, um, not every album is an, is an artwork that connects, right? But some of them you can see clear connections. Some of them are a little bit different. For sure. But the artwork's very good. Speaking of artwork, this would be a good time uh, to say that John, uh, our our guest here for today, uh, brought us a gift, and we're going to open it uh, on the show. You won't get to see it because it's art, but uh, you'll get to hear us react to it. It'll, It'll be, be fun. incorporated into the good band, bad band photo somehow, I hope. The good band, bad band photo? Yeah, it'll just be a hidden track. No, we'll, we'll fit into the record roundtable one. In fact, maybe it'll be the cover. We'll see. Could be. I, I didn't have enough paper to cover the whole thing, so there's a lot of tape on the back. Just I, be careful. I see that. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll, it's I'll a terrible wrapping job on my part. Link in the description to the art. You'd think that It'll you would be, be better at wrapping things, because like, most of your job is you know, yeah, packing and shipping. Well, yeah. he also wrapped it for the Jay-Z song. I like that it's wrapped. I like the paper wrapping. Thank you. It, it feels like real art that way. I'm trying to go you know. like, to one side. One side. It's actually a little bit of work. Would you like assistance? You know, my job is opening. I open boxes almost all day long. I'm almost done. And, and you know, oh. what, when do you ever open things? I'm almost done. Oh, it's taped around <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, yeah it's so. taped around. All right, let's just reveal. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Look at that. <laughs> this is beautiful. That's pretty cool. That's wonderful. <laughs> I love this. For the listeners, it is a caricature. Yes. Of the four members of Record Roundtable, they are all sitting at a table that is a record. I like that. It's I look better. I look better <laughs> in that character than in real life. All right, new. Th- actually, uh, listeners, check out our Facebook page. This is going to be the new cover photo of our Facebook. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it will probably remain so, perhaps for the rest of time. Yeah. It is truly a gem. Jared looks amazing. Yeah, look like all of these look all of these look great, but Jared is for sure my favorite part. This is incredible. I have a big old chin there. I, yes, you do. I love the shape of my head. It's mm-hmm. very, very str- I hope that all listeners are looking at the picture while I describe this. Of course, has to be done. Um yeah, this is this is truly like thank you so much. Yes, this is thank you, John. so awesome. All, it is awesome. This is so awesome. Thank you. Friend of mine uh, that does that kind of stuff, I reached out to him and commissioned it. So nice. And I have the digital image too. So oh, the digital will go on that's what we're getting instead yeah. of taking a grainy picture from our phone. Oh my god. Hey, we got a new I'm gonna just get a little bit more off this side. Yeah, lots of tape. Lots of tape. It's not very good quality tape, so it shouldn't stick, I don't think. That's gonna replace run run the jewels. All right. Yeah, Yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be hung somewhere. We'll find a way without it breaking completely, because that would be the saddest thing that has ever happened. Okay, well well, we're not gonna hang it from that rickety thing. No, no, no. We'll hang it appropriately. Yeah. All right. On that note, let's close out. Let's let's close out, friends. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we've been talking about Of Montreal. And next week we'll be listening to Bruce Springsteen. Check us out on Facebook. Check out our new cover photo. It's great. Check us out on Patreon. 
Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. If this, if this damn country don't straighten up, I'm moving to Canada to die.